kids are leaving. I, uh, what I was looking at, we'll talk a little bit about it, the message I'm going to bring today. Uh, we'll talk some about it, but I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in churches. Not just one church, not one denomination, but many. And uh, I got a text from a friend of ours, and uh, she's in the Methodist Church, really concerned about the Methodist Church. Well, in May, they take the final vote, but there is going to be a split in the Methodist Church. Uh, one one, one side is going to be called traditional Methodist, and the other side is going to be a name something else. I can't remember what it said, but... They are condoning uh, LGBTQ uh, philosophy yeah. and belief. They're they're going to have to be split. There's a uh, write up I think in the Kansas City paper, and uh, it's been on news, Fox News, different ones. So I want to talk and look at some of the scriptures about that, and uh, we uh, as we do that, we need to really. Uh, Pray for our brothers and sisters who are in Christ in these churches. There's going to be uh, quite a deal. The paper says it's going to cost $25 million to have this done. Now, I'm sure most people who gave offerings and tithes and offerings into the Methodist uh, denomination were not wanting their money to be used this way. On the sign of that side is... Now this is going to be on um, wherever Zach puts it on YouTube or wherever. Um, some people are going to be offended in what I'm saying. But the Lord said his word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Cuts through the bone into the marrow of the bone. And he said, be assured uh, his word is offensive to some people. But by his word, people can become free and not just that sin, but many sins that we uh, have in ourselves. As we look at this, the Lord said in his word, in the last days these things would happen. And it talks about apostate. Apostate means that you depart from what you want to believe. Uh, and we know that all the churches in the United States at the turn of the 19th century, 20th century, that they believed in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yes. I, I grew up in, in the four square gospel, but I knew so many people in these other denominations and their belief in the, in the denominations. Now, have <coughs> every denomination had trouble? Yes. We've all had some kind of trouble, uh, some sort of, in a sense, departing from the faith, but not to the point that the Lord would call an apostate church or Ichabod over the front of our church. Ichabod means that the glory of the Lord has departed. And a church that condones any sins that goes against God's word become apostate church if he wants to believe against that, 
and they will have Ichabod written on that church. Now, we know that we are the church of Jesus Christ, the people. So anybody who condones sin, whatever sin it is, and changes the name of it, whatever you want to call it, uh, changing names does not make the sin right. It doesn't matter what men believe, it's what God says. And that settles it. God's word settles it. Uh, as we look at this, we want to think about this. Uh, I, I didn't, I just now, I just now came to this, just now. But the changing the names of things. I've got friends who have told me what's happening in our schools, in our government. Once, once they remove Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the teaching of the Holy Spirit from our schools, the Ten Commandments, prayer before the classes, once that started happening and progressing that away, then we became in trouble in the United States of America. The Lord says in his word, blessed is the country whose God is the Lord God. This United States of America was founded on biblical principles. The Constitution of the United States, the Ten, uh, Bill of Rights, is based on the Word of God. In order to remove that, they have to change things. So many today don't know the history of the United States. They don't teach history of the founding of our fathers in, in the schools today, in many schools. Not saying all of them. Many schools will not say a pledge of allegiance to the American flag because they might offend somebody. Well, I'm going to offend somebody if you hear this, what I got to say. If you don't want to be an American, don't come to America. If you don't want to follow our laws of the United States, don't come to America. If you don't believe in the Constitution of the United States of America, the Bill of Rights, don't come to America. And one thing I have found out, so if you don't like the United States and what it stands for, you can leave. I remember when uh, many of the actors in California said if, pres uh, if Trump got to be president, they were going to leave the United States of America. How many left? None. None. Because they have all they need here in the United States of America. I'm not against people coming to the United States of America, legally coming in to the United States of America and becoming citizens. Not against that at all. But whenever they come into the United States of America and pack a foreign country flag, they don't need to be here. If they want to pack the flag and, and wave the flag of their country that they came from, they need to go back to that country. Because we have the United States flag of America. And that's what we, as we said the pledges today, that's what we do. We honor the flag which stands for America. Uh, many, many people have died for this flag. Many people have died for the freedom that we have today to be in, in this church and to worship. So let's turn to uh, I 
attention to what he's saying, he'll turn around and preach to the wall. Because <laughs> he says the wall's going to get more response to God's word than what the people are doing. So here today we want to pay attention to what God's word says. And this is what it says. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Is that happening today? Yes, amen. Very much so. It's happening today. Seducing spirits. That is spirit of Satan. Satan, spirit of Satan is coming into our churches and infiltrating into the church. Another thing is happening in our churches: philosophy, humanistic psychology. Depending on what men say and not what God says. I used to tell Pastor Don and, and, and Pastor Tom that we're, we're a dying breed of pastors. Many pastors, what we call and refer to as a dying breed because what we once believed and what I do believe and many of the old pastors believe is the word of God. We don't compromise it. We don't change it. We believe what it says. Period. Amen. And any time you start adding to or taking away from God's word, the curses in Revelation, God said, will be put upon you. In Revelation, it says, blessed is those who read about what's coming. How many have been watching the news on all on this deal with uh, Ram. Yes. How many knows in the Bible it says, this generation shall not uh, cease to be or pass away until these <coughs> things happen? What thing is that? When, when did Israel become a nation again? For 2,000 years they did. Weren't a nation. 1948. What day? What month and day? May 14th, wasn't it? So that generation, this generation shall not pass away until these things happen. And that's talking about Jesus' return. How many here were born before 1948? So in other words, in a sense, what God's word is saying, that this generation, my generation, shall not pass away until Jesus Christ comes. 
We don't know the end day. We don't know the hour. Now, does that mean he will do that exactly? That's what his word meant. Will I understand his word meaning? Yes, it will. So is our time short? Yes. Yes. I was born in 1945. I was three years old, basically when Israel became a nation again. I'm 74 years old now. Now, this generation could live be a hundred. Some can live farther than that. But Jesus Christ said these things will happen before this generation passes away. We need to think about that. How important is it to go out here and preach the gospel? How important is it to talk to people about Jesus Christ? How important is it to pray for our families and loved ones? Very. Very important. There should be never a day that goes by that we're not praying for our loved ones. Never a day goes by that we should be praying for our loved ones, friends, even strangers to come to know Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. Jesus Christ came to save all, not just America. So we need to understand that people on the other side of the world that don't know Christ as their personal Savior, I can pray and God can hear and God will move. He says, if his people will pray. Every morning, when you open your eyes, thank the Lord for this day and the day that you receive your salvation, the gift of uh, freedom from God through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Amen. Every day when you can get up and have the freedom we have in the United States of America, you better thank God. Another thing, too, none of us here chose our family. None of us chose the country. None of us chose the state, the county, or the city we were born in. We are blessed here in America. Amen. If you don't think you are, let's just take a trip. Yeah, right. As a Christian, in a Christian nation, our president prior to President Trump said this is no longer a godly nation. And I think he's right. Because fewer and fewer people are involved in a church, a Bible-believing, a Bible-living church than it used to be. Verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. This is talking about Christians. Those who were Christians. Now, in, in Matthew... Uh, Seven, it talks about those who've done all these wonderful things in the name of the Lord. He says, well, you depart from me. I never knew you. But there are many people who have known Christ as their personal Savior. And because of the things of this world, and Matthew talked about the things of this world, and choked it out, and uh, the word of God came up, and, and things of this world choked, them, choked it out. There's people here, not here today because of the things of this world have choked it out gospel of Jesus Christ in their life. 
the born again experience with Jesus Christ, uh, the walking in, in, in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many have walked away because they have fell into the lie of Satan, forbidding us to marry. <clears throat> Whatever you stop, the natural thing that God has given to us. This, this is what amazes me. Forbidding to marry. Whether there is denominations who believe that they should not marry as leaders of the church. And look what problems it's caused. Right. <coughs> multitude and multitude of people have been molested by those who were forbidden to marry. We look around here today and all the battle and, and the wanting to legalize same-sex marriages. What amazes me is those who could get married legally, used to, before all this came around, could get married legally, chose not to. They call it what? Cohabitation? <coughs> significant other? Or whatever you want to call it. Well, the Lord's words cause a sin. We used to, years ago, call shacking up. But they chose not to get married when they could get married. Now, those who could not legally get married want to be married and fight to get married. Is it upside down? Yes. Absolutely, it's upside down. How many illegitimate children are born in the United States today? Millions. Millions. When you look at God's word, it talks about a, a father not being a father. I read a thing on, I don't know if it's on, on Facebook what it was. And some of the ladies, or somebody in, the, in this area here, and maybe one of y'all may have posted it about what it, you know, any, any man who's capable with a woman who's capable can produce a child and be called a father. But it, becomes, it takes a man to be a dad. Take the responsibility of what the father should be. Take the responsibility of that child. When you see and hear of several men having children by several different women and not taking care of their children. What's the Lord called? Infidel? Worse. Worse than an infidel. Now, can they get forgiveness for that? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's what's happening in our church, in the churches of today. And it very well be, could be, coming to our area and being condoned. The Methodist church is going to split. We're not sure. I do know how many Franklin's going. 
I do know that. But I've got this text from this lady that's heart sick over what's taking place. Any true born again Christian who is born again in that denomination or, or the church they attend, put it that way, the church they attend condones that they be, need to be burning up the floor getting out of the church. Amen. The Lord says run. Run from that. Don't condone it. The Lord said he didn't come to condemn the people of the world, but to save the people of the world from their sins. John the Baptist, when Jesus was approaching him, said, Behold, the one who takes away the sins. <coughs> That was Jesus Christ. He took our sins away by shedding his blood. He left heaven, came to this earth, and God's not going to be mocked. You need to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, or you go to hell. Bottom line. We've got many of our loved ones are going to be in hell. If Jesus would come today, their chances of ever going to heaven are slim to none. Not saying it couldn't happen, but it'd be really hard to do. Because he says also, he'll turn them over to a rep. A reprobate mind to believe a lie. And the word reprobate means nearly no chance of error coming to no Christ as their Savior. And if their name's not in the book of life, they're not going to heaven. That's why at times when I pray and, and, and actually just start crying over the fact is that I have loved ones and I have friends who do not know Christ as their personal Savior. And I know if Jesus was come today, their chances of ever going to heaven is slim to none. Their chances of going to hell are very much real. And the Lord says that in hell, there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of their teeth eternally, forever. Do you have children? Do you have a spouse? Do you have a friend who will spend eternity in hell? Weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth. We watched the movie here the other night. And um, when it says, I, I think it was in this movie. Yeah, it was in the movie. When it said, this man said, well, I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. And how many of us have said, I'll pray for you, then don't pray? Yeah. We're all guilty. Mm -hmm. That's a cliche uh, of what we say as Christians. Well, I'll pray for you. What I do whenever I text somebody back, and I've texted these other pastors, we all text each other Sunday mornings before church and ask God to help us and the anointing of the Lord come upon us that we can preach the word of the truth that many come to know Christ as a personal Savior. If they don't know Christ, but if you do know Christ, they repent of their sins and, and, and get forgiveness for that day, that night, the week, or whatever. Because we need it. One of our member scriptures is 1 John 1 9. If we are if we confess our sins, who's who's going to confess our sins? Is it Christians? Is it talking to Christians? Yes. See, there's there's some scholars out there right now, highly educated scholars, who say that's talking to non-believers. No. It's talking to believers. Those who've been born again said, if my people will confess. First John 1 9 says, If we, his people, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it says, the next verse says, but if we say we have not sin or no sin, then we try to make God a liar. You can't make God a liar. The liar is Satan. It is a chief liar. Verse 3, continue. To abstain from meats. How many does that still yet? Denominations. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which before believe and know the, the truth. One thing's going to happen after church. It's my custom. And I was getting Samantha because she wasn't going to be here today. And I knew she wasn't going to be. Down there at the hospital the other day, I was kidding. And I said, well, Samantha, I can go out for Route B, and I can eat what I want to eat without you watching me. Because <laughs> she always kidding me about, the, the, I preached a sermon one time about gluttony, and ever since then, if we go to Route B, she's always kidding me about that. So today I can go out there, and Samantha will be there, and I can do that. But I eat chicken. I eat meat. I went to a former fiscal Friday down to the A. I, I told you I was going. I told you how I don't like needles. <laughs> but anyway, so when the lady's taking drawing blood, I never look down. I never look at her putting that in my arm. I know better. And then later they said, Do you want uh, a flu shot? And I said, No. I, I, she said, Well, in other words, you're declining the shot. I said, Yes. I'll be fine. And then they talked to me about the pneumonia shot. I said, I'll take that, because that doesn't bother me. The flu shot makes me sick, really sick. I've been, two times I had the flu shot, two times I wished I had died. And so, but anyway, as I was down there, we got to talking and, and, and stuff, and the lady, the nurses there and stuff, we got to talk about our families. And, she showed me a picture on her computer of her daughter. She has five dogs, no boys. But as we look at our families, and we look at pictures of our families, in Hebrews 10, 25, it talks about, uh, you know, not forsaking or not coming together. It says not to forsake the sibling or coming together as the manner of some is, as we see the day approaching. And we've talked about it. I've talked about this a lot. There's people not here today because they decided to do it their way. And there's a song out there, I did it my way. Well, you can do it your way and stand before God someday and he will judge you. And he will judge you to hell. If your name's not in the book of life, you're going to hell. Jesus Christ didn't leave heaven, come to this earth and go through everything he did on this earth just to do it. So we need to understand in these last days, these, this thing is happening. Much is happening. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good. What's that talking about? Every animal that we use for food is good. And nothing to be with refused it, if it be received with thanksgiving. How many are thankful today if you leave here you have something to eat? Amen. Now they did tell me down there in my fiscal, 
He said, everything's good, but you can lower this and lower this. I said, now, if it's good, why am I lowering it? He said, well, it wouldn't hurt to lower it. I said, but if it's good, why am I lowering it? <laughs> so anyway, he said, red meat. Not cut down on the red meat. And I said, why? He said, well, because of this. I said, but if it's good, he said, last year and this year, it's the same. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, same way with my sugar count. He said, I said, yeah. He said, it's good. But it wouldn't hurt the Lord. I said, okay. But it's good. We had quite a discussion for a while. Yeah, that's good. But it wouldn't hurt the Lord. Okay, how low do I go? How low should I get my sugar count? He said, well, yours is good. That's not what I'm asking. So, he finally said, well, it needs to be 100 or below. But yours is good. So I would cut back on sugars. So next year, when I go through our fiscal, now this is nothing. He said, we want you back in one year. This was January 3rd, I went down there, January 3rd. So one year from January 3rd ought to be somewhere in January, right? Right. But they set me up in December. <laughs> so I'm not a year. I think I lost the whole thing, man. <laughs> so I'm, next year I'm gonna go down, and if he tells me my shirt count's too low, then we're gonna have a hard discussion. You'll probably have a different doctor. No, I, I might have. This young man's there. All right. But I just brought all that around to say this: when someone says this, but it's good, but this, do this, but it's good, do this. God's word is good. And he tells us what to do. Amen. This is good. In other words, I read the word of God. I believe the word of God. That's good. But you do not believe what men say. You need to. God's word is good. It's absolutely good. But it doesn't tell the modern day America. This is old. We're in a new age. So we need to compromise God's word to fit in. This is good, but you need to. Basically what he's saying, you need to do this. Well, what I do if it's good? <laughs> well, but God's word is good, but this is old book. This is old stuff. It's outdated. You need to come to this and add it to God's word because God's word is old and outdated. So let's change it to where it fits our life and not what God says. For it is sanctified, talking about the, what we eat, by the word of God and prayer. 
How many here would be considered ourselves a born again Christian? Raise your hand. If you if you believe you're a born again Christian, if you don't raise your hand and you don't believe that, the Lord says you've lost your faith. His word, I can prove it in his word. If you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to cover your sins, you don't believe that, then you're lost. Bottom line. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross and shed his blood for your sins to cover your sins, you don't believe that, you're lost. Jesus said to Peter, I pray, pray that your faith fail you not. If you don't have the faith, then you're lost. If you want to go to hell, just quit believing. If you choose hell, now, there's a teaching out there, a good God won't send anybody to hell. And then I hear this, well, if, you know, send yourself. You stand before God, the judge. How many have been, been in court and you stood before the judge? Did you send yourself? I didn't, you know. Say I stood before a judge and uh, the judge said, well, you're guilty. Oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. How many judges sentenced? This is what you get. God's going to be that judge. He's the one that's going to drop the hammer. Revelation tells us that. So it's our choice to receive Christ or not receive Christ. It's our choice to walk away from Jesus Christ. It's our choice to walk away from God. That's our choice to decide where I want to serve the Lord or not serve the Lord. It's our choice. But when it comes to that final judgment, God's the one that's going to judge. And God's the one that's going to pronounce the sentence. He'll say, enter into his presence into heaven thy good and faithful servant. Or he'll say, depart from me. Your name is not in the book of life. And there's a teaching out there. But in, in Revelation 3, 5, it's very plain. And I will not blot your name out of the book of life. I will not blot your name out of the book of life. Your name only got in the book of life because you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And then you departed from the faith. You become an apostate person. And your name's blotted out. And you stand before Jesus and God. And they flip the book open looking for your name. And it's not there. If your name is not in the book of life, you are hell bound. Amen. And I don't take any pleasure in saying that. The Lord said if you cannot bring them to the grace of Jesus Christ, the, the salvation gift of Jesus Christ by love, you what? Yeah. Scare them by fear. If I can't convince people to receive Christ as I did by his mercy and his grace and goodness, you know, one thing, you don't have to have a preacher to come to know Christ as your Savior. I was listening to Lauren Larson this morning. He's given his testimony. 34 years ago, January the 6th, 
today. He received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He was in his apartment. Beer cans strung all around. How cocaine. Sitting there just depressed. And he said he was sitting there and he looked up. And on the mantel he had the great big family Bible. He said it was there for decorations, not any other reason. But by the Holy Spirit drawing him, he went and got the Bible and took it and read that Bible. <laughs> and he went in Proverbs where it says, uh, how is it? The fear of the Lord, something wisdom, whatever. But anyway, he said, I got saved, received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right there, being drunk and high on drugs. So here a man is, no preacher, nobody telling him anything. He said he was raised in church, but he just left it. The next day, when he went to work with guys, he said, I normally threw my marijuana upon the, the dash on the way to work. He said, I walk out with that great big family Bible, and I get in the truck and throw it up on the dash. He said the guys looked at him kind of funny and all, and he started telling what took place and all that. You know what they said? Oh, you'll be back. He said, it's 34 years ago, and I've never went back. There's a song, No Turning Back. No Turning Back, No Turning Back. Now, many, I can go through here and point out seats where people used to sit who served the Lord, knew the Lord, have departed from the Lord because of the things of this world. Money is one of the biggest draws away from this. Cares of the world. Troubles and tribulation. Anybody here, after you became a born again Christian, had troubles? Yes. Yeah. You had any problems? Yes. Well, I haven't. I'm just like, oh, uh, what's his name? Tiptoe through the tulips. Honey Tim. Honey Tim. See, I was telling my age here, because most young people wouldn't even know who Tank Him is. <laughs> okay, let's look at one more. First Peter. Second Peter, 220. I know it was a 220. When you get there, say amen. 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 We, uh, I was listening to another pastor, and he said that 
he, uh, he, he always listened for the rustling of pages as people were turning in their Bibles. He said, now I can't hear the rustling of pages in a lot of places because they have it on their laptop or phone or whatever, so they're not turning pages. How many here uses their phone or something for a Bible? I, I have the Bible on my phone. And, uh, and then I also have where I can look up different things about different words and what the Bible says. The other night Bible study, we sat back there and got on the phone and, and, and read what the, over the book of Samuel. It kind of enlightens and explains some of the things, but here, okay, 2.20. For after they have received, or after they have escaped the pollution of this world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's that mean? They're saved. Yeah. That's what the, they've received the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They have received it. Sin stink? Yes. Yes. But once they've received it. Here, Dave. Now, would he have that dollar if he hadn't received it? No. You still got the dollar, don't yeah. you? <laughs> once I receive Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, and I keep it, now Dave could have given it back to me, and I don't want it. I have it, but I don't want it. A dollar? Is that all? <laughs> what good is a dollar? Mm -hmm. Try to buy a cup of coffee. Not I went bought a candy bar was under a dollar. By the time I got the tax, I was over a dollar. All right. They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. What's that talking about? They're going to live a life of sin worse than what it was before. That's exactly what it's talking about. For it, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Because of the punishment of rejecting are not rejecting, but receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then turning from Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is going to be worse for you than if you had never known. The best part of hell is bad. It's really bad. But there's going to be different layers of punishment in hell. 
And that's exactly what I believe is the same. It had been better if they hadn't even known Christ. Then have known Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, there's people who tell me that they can serve, and I guess there is, people who can serve Jesus Christ without belonging to a fellowship. Well, if that's the case, why did Jesus say, forsake not the assembling together? Mm -hmm. Or the Holy Spirit said it through Paul. Well, I don't need to be I don't need to go to church to be a believer. Well, if everybody did that, how far would the gospel go? Not very far. How, how much money be going for missionaries to go and, and give give the good news? None. <coughs> I, I know some of these people. I know some of these people. All right. Then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. We talk about pollution. The what? They're as a dog is turned to his own vomit again. How many have ever seen that? And the sow that was washed to her swallowing in the mire of mud. Now, is that pretty graphic? I can see the hog going to the mud. Don't bother me. There's bad dog throwing up and going over. Yeah. <laughs> You understand what we've been talking about? Yes. Is God serious? Yes. Yeah. Yes, He's serious. For God so loved the people of this world that He sent Jesus, His only begotten, unique one, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting, Everlasting life in heaven. You're going to live somewhere for eternity. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you can reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you have chosen him as your Lord and Savior, and you reject him now, you've lost your faith, you can go to heaven by receiving him and believing in him and trusting in him and God's mercy, right? Or you can reject what God's word says and stand before God and he'll give you the sentence of hell. And it's forever. That teaching out there where it says that once you die, your soul dies, it's just like you don't exist. That's a false lie from hell. That's a lie from Satan. You do not cease to be I know I upset people when I say this. An animal has a soul. The soul contains mind, will, and emotion. Does animals have emotions? Yes. 
Do they have a will? Yes. Yeah, try to get some of these animals to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. If you're a fool of hogs and cats and horses <coughs> and some dogs, do they have, they have emotions? You ever scold your dog and they tuck her tail between their legs and take yeah. off? They got emotions. They got will. Do they have a mind? Can a dog think? Yep. Horse think? Cow yep. think? Yep. Yeah. I got an old cat. He knows what time I feed every morning. <laughs> and he knows to be there. This morning he got a treat. We had some ham left over from uh, a meal on Christmas. We, we just, he had a treat more. He probably, we always say seven tabbits. Because I normally give him the old single dry dog or uh, cat food and he, he'll eat it. But boy, if I lay down that ham, I had his cat food, and I lay down the ham, where do you think he went to? Yeah. Gene's dog, Rooster, we had some uh, ribs left over, and uh, she didn't care about the, the meat as much as she did the bone. Uh -huh. I could take the meat off and throw it down and throw the bone next to it, she took the bone. So she'd go out and chew on that bone. Now, she'll run, Block to get a, somebody to pet her head. Why does she do that? Well, her emotion, people. she loves to be petted. We got her spoiled. I mean, it's a lot of money. But they do not exist after they die. God's mercy is there. They cease to be. But a human doesn't. We have a soul, we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. God's word is very plain about that. If you die without Jesus Christ, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. But you live on. The animals don't have a spirit, so they die and they cease to exist. Now there'll be animals on a new earth in heaven. I like to know what that one pastor said. Oh, they talk about climate change. It's going to be a big climate change. When this earth is burned up. <laughs> global warming. Global warming, yeah. It'll be a tremendous global warming. <laughs> Matthew 7, chapter 7. It talks about straight and narrow. The gate that goes to heaven is straight and narrow. But it says also in our the gate, broad and wide is to destruction. And that's talking about losing or not having the salvation. Straight and narrow, very plain. You either do it God's way and go to heaven, or you do it your way and go to hell. Pretty, pretty plain. And there's no other way to read it. No other way. So, my encouragement is, is everyone here born again? Is everyone here have Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior? Amen. If you don't, we need to talk. Mostly, you need to talk to God, or with God. I was telling kids back in Sunday school class today, we was talking about, I was 
let them listen to a little one Bible, and I stop and talk to them about things, and it, it talk about talking to God. I can talk to God, but I'd rather talk with God. Because when I talk with God, he talks back to me. As I used Aaron as an example, I said, Aaron and I, Aaron, I can stand here and talk to you. In other words, I tell you this and tell you this and tell you this. And there's no response back from you. You're not part of the conversation. I'm just talking to you. But if I talk with you, in other words, you talk with me. So there's a, a conversation between us. That's the way it is with God. We talk with God and not to God. I don't tell God what he is to do. I ask him. I ask for divine healing. But I don't tell him to do it. I ask him to. There's many things I ask God to do, and I talk with him about it. I don't know how many times I've talked with God about my loved ones. And I know it's only by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. They can come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But it's our choice. <coughs> if you're having a conversation like me, if I'm having a conversation, or if I'm standing there and Judy's talking to me and I have no part of the conversation, how enjoyable is that? Not very enjoyable. If your spouse is talking to you and not with you, Big difference, isn't it? Yeah. But when they join the conversation, talk with you. Now, it depends on the conversation. <laughs> How enjoyable it is. <coughs> but that's what God feels. And he walks with me and he talks with me. There you go. And he knows that I am his own. So we... We need to talk with God. Don't make it a one-way conversation. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me. Straight and narrow. We're going to look at that a little closer next week. Yeah. That's, that's Jesus' words, I suppose, by that. Yeah. 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 We need to look at that and really get into it real close. About the false prophets and sheep's clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that, yeah. In the last days, they're coming. They're here. How many people are going to be in hell because these pastors are condoning the sin? Many people are going to be in hell because they believe what the pastor is saying which is not true and not right. And many will be in hell because they listen to a false prophet, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because, well, now, my grandpa and my grandma and my dad and my mom, they all went to this church and I'm going to keep going. Even though the pastor's going to lead me to hell, I'm not leaving that building. It's happened. I've seen it. <coughs> Talk with the man. They brought in 
two women who were married to each other as pastor of this church. And that's exactly what he said. My family has always gone there, and I will continue. Ain't that sad? As long as I am pastor of this church, I will preach what God's word says. Amen. And if I ever compromise it, I'm going to ask him to kick me out. Not you all, but God. But he doesn't have to worry about that. I will not compromise his word. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. And I pray the Lord convict us. If we are walking in sin, what is it, chapter 6 says, Judge not, so thou be judged. Something like that. I think six. Maybe beginning of seven. Why are you judging me? The Lord says later on, known by the light, the fruit. Do you have to judge your life? How we're living? The fruit? Sure. Get that beam out of your own eye so you can see the speck in your brother's eye. In other words, get the sin out of your life so you can see clearly. The little speck that's in your brother's or sister's life, that you can help them, not condemn them, not judge them into help. Judge them to help. You see a brother or sister down, what are you supposed to do? Help them up. We're, we're going to look at some of these parables that, that Jesus taught as we progress into the new year. Let it be a new beginning. Facebook and the internet or watching TV. I have to reduce it that much. For some people, yes. Yeah, I got to nearly never look at that stuff, so yeah. good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> if you're asking me to. All right. How about how much time spend hunting? <laughs> okay. Fishing. Now you're meddling. Now I'm meddling. <laughs> How about walking around sports shops and stores and Walmart and working all the time? We all have time that we can give more time to God. There's, there's time we can free up for God. How come there's such a revival at the tournament in 1900? People didn't have all the stuff. In the mid 1800s, was there a radio? Nope. John Wesley, they said, rode over 200,000 miles on horseback preaching the Word of God. I think he probably sat with someone. You think he's bow legged? <laughs> but see, the gospel spread because people wanted it, they wanted the gospel of Jesus Christ. They desired it. And then the turn at the beginning of the industrial age, things started happening and happening and happening. We have less and less and less time. 
we got automatic washing machines, we got automatic clothes dryers, we got water at the turn of a handle, we got everything we need that makes our life more free, time-wise, but we got less time. Don't we? That's true. Yeah. How many, how many of you women ever had a washboard out there and you had to draw the water out of a pond or a lake or, or a pump or a cistern? Heat it on far outside and put it in a tub and wash with the washboard. Yes, amen. How many of you have done that? You still do it? I don't do it now, no. No, but you used to. I sure did. You had more time for church then too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And more time to read God's Word. That old washboard was hard on you. Yeah. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? We have the time we choose. How many people work 12 and 14 hour days every day? Six days a week. How many remember when your grandpa and them did? Yep. Yeah. We have more time. It's our choice what we want to do with our time. I don't have to go out here and untie the horses and get in a carriage or a buggy or whatever. Or get on a horse and ride home. It takes time to do that stuff. We go out here and turn a key. We don't have to crank the old crank to get started. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down because I'm as guilty as you all. And you're all guilty. Right? Amen. 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 Yeah. We're all guilty. Ooh. One minute past twelve. I I'm always watching them on TV and on this special swagger thing and say, Well, I'm running out of time. No. Yeah. I got a clock too, they watch clock. <laughs> but see if I keep you long enough then we stay later than the other churches do and you can go and eat and you don't have to stay in line it's easier to sit here on these seats than it is staying in line <laughs> alright prayer request Sue I have a friend that's having a church read this week he needs prayer ok uh, Ron Nelson I went down there Friday to see Ron. He had open heart surgery. Went down there to see him Friday. I had about an hour before my appointment time. So I walked over to, to the university there, and I walked up, the door was shut, so I went and asked the nurse, said, can Ron have visitors? She said, oh yeah, we're getting ready to dismiss him. <laughs> oh, okay. So I walk in, I knocked on the door, opened the door, and his wife said, oh, we thought you was the one to come and get him. I stood there and talked to him maybe five minutes, and here he comes. I said, well, Ron, I'll talk with you as we go down to the car. <laughs> so I brought the elevator down there and as he's dismissed. So we're going to ask the Lord, help this one, heal this one. Uh, is it a man? Yes, it's Rick. That's his name. Okay, Rick. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ron didn't have to have oxygen or nothing. He just, he'd already been up walking just. God is good. I don't care. Even if he uses doctors and medicine to heal us, he's still good. Mm -hmm. 
Rick's name, all right? Anyone else? Baby? Uh, I'm at three in Texas and got a stomach bug and want to prayer for him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that bug's going around. Well, he two of her kids. Yeah. Jesus took care of for two or three days there. Whenever she got close, I should. Yeah. Get back to it. Anyone else? Yes, we, we prayed the other day to fast recovery for Lord. She wouldn't be here today. Yeah. yeah, we kind of talked her out of that, I think. She's feeling good. She went through major surgery Friday, too, wasn't it? Anyone else? Yeah, I went for my wife, Kim. Things ain't quite the same. We ain't, she ain't been up in the morning every morning. She, I mean, it's, just, it's like today, this morning. You know, it's, it's just... Yeah, she's sick. She's yeah, I mean, you just get up. Hey, hey, what, hey, what are you doing today? And this and that. You kind of miss that. You don't realize it. And this, she got yeah. on Friday. She'd been in bed, but then she got up for a little bit Saturday. And she woke up this morning. She said, "I just got a text went to." I mean, it's just not the same, you know. Yeah. You know what are you going to do today, or what? Or what? Are you, you just, just to talk to her in the morning. I mean, it's just, sure. it's just different. Sure. Yeah, and uh, well, we miss her here. Yes. How many miss Kim here today? Absolutely. I miss everybody who's not here. But Kim's kind of. A, my helper, you might say. You know, we come in and try to get things straightened out. I was lost. Boy, I'm glad Zach was here today. Yeah. We wouldn't have had the pleasures. That, you know, we'd have had one because I remembered it from years and years and years. It's the same. Little well, Steve. Remember Cindy? She's not. Yeah, Cindy's sick. Yeah. yeah. Remember Bruce as he traveled to Jeff City? Yeah. Anyone yeah. else? Sam's sick with that. Yeah, Sam's got the flu or. I'm not. No, I'm not against the flu shot. I'm not, I'm not at all. It just makes me sick. I don't think. But you people who do, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, I did have a pneumonia shot. What do you call it? Brett What is it? Brett Yeah. You know why I had that? That's for the old people. Yeah, that's what she told me. <laughs> She said, we recommend this for you. And I said, for old people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, Wayne, I do have another. Crystal starts a new job. Oh, okay. So yeah. Right there. Maybe. Well, Monica started her new one. She'd be here today, but she has to work on Sunday. I mean, that's just part of life in America. Father, we do thank you for your word that keeps us solid, keeps us on the track, keeps us going forward. And Lord, this year, as we go forward from this day, as every day is a gift from you. And Lord, as I lift up these needs to you, Laura had came through that operation really good. I ask for a speedy healing. Samantha, as she's sick today with with the flu or uh, some kind of virus, Judy had it. We prayed, Lord, and, and you brought her through it. And I thank you for that. Dave's family, he's talking about. Lord, we, we pray the same. Uh, divine miracle healing take place. A speedy healing move in there and take place. And for Rick, the one that's going to have insulting heart surgery, Lord, we pray the same prayer as we prayed for Ron Taylor. God, as he goes, we pray for 
divine healing before. But if you so choose to allow him to go through this operation, that you got in the doctor's hands and cause a speedy healing to take place. We thank you for doctors, Lord. We, we do thank you. We know that doctors extend life through the gift that you have given them. But Jesus Christ, by your shed blood, you're the one who saves lives. And we thank you for that. For Crystal and, and Cindy, Crystal's new job, and Monica with a new job, Lord, may you be a blessing to them. May you meet the needs, the financial needs that they have through these jobs. We'll, we'll give you praise for that. Cindy with her allergies and, and not feeling well today, yes, Lord, be with her. Heal her. And we, we thank you for that. Bruce, as he travels to Jeff City and other people who are on the road today that we have, friends and family, watch over and keep them safe. Lord, our, our highways are dangerous. So I ask you, Lord, to keep us all safe. And there's so, some are not here today because they are sick. Lydia wasn't here today. She was sick and part of the family is sick. So Father, I ask you to heal them. And may, may they feel your presence in their house as, as you move upon their life. And Lord, there's others. Uh, many of our little ones, young ones, are sick. The, the schools are full of it. Uh, so Lord, I just pray for protection over our, our children. And Lord, help us confess our sins because we know that you will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for that. That's a verse that we can just stand on. The rock, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone and the capstone. The foundation that we come to and stand on. Our belief is based on you, Jesus Christ, and what you did for us. So as we leave here today, as your word says, straight and narrow is the path. Help us to stay on that path, Lord, the straight and narrow path, as we leave here today. Be glorified in our life, and Lord, use us this week to help someone know Christ as their Savior. And Lord, may our life, the way we live our life, the same things we say and do be glorifying to you. Go with us now in a special way. We ask in Jesus' your name. Amen. Amen.